Hello and uh, welcome to episode 39 of the Fencing Podcast. I'm Gavin. And I'm Sean. And, uh, well, uh, we're freshly back from our international jaunts, which we'll uh, talk about in a second. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, first of all, we're going to do our usual sort of housekeeping and our, our shout-outs. So uh, a big shout-out to Lee and Paul. Thanks, guys, for sponsoring us. Yep, hugely, hugely appreciated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, uh, I mean, basically it paid for... Paid for our trip to Paris and, yep. and more trips to come, okay. so we're hugely appreciative. Mm-hmm. And also thanks to our patrons, uh, because uh, they keep the lights on, and, you know, I, I think we need to... I need to buy some new gizmos for the the con of our uh, big yacht. So, yeah, of course. You know, um, that, that yacht isn't painting itself, you know. So. No, it's not. No, we need to get uh, a variety of people to come and paint it for us. Cause exactly. We don't do that sort of thing ourselves, obviously. <laughs> of course not, because we're so rich from the patrons. Yeah, that's what it is. That's how yeah. it works. So, um, yeah, feel free to join them. It'd be very much appreciated as well. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, post all the relevant links, obviously, in our show notes. Um, I think we're going to kick off today. We're going to head straight into the action, and we'll start with our, um, our our international trip to Paris. We do this every year. Yep, because we love it there. It's great. Yeah, it is great. It's probably outside of the World Championships is the premier event on the fencing calendar. I don't know if there's anything equivalent in Sabre. I don't know, closest in Epi, potentially, Heidenheim or Budapest. I'm not sure which. I don't know what, I don't know about which one has the bigger audience, but uh, I think Paris is kind of unique and it's uh, the fact it's well staged in a stadium full of screaming French people. I don't know if there's another event quite like it. Um, I suppose the the only other one would be the the men's epic uh, held at the same venue in about a month's time, the SNCF uh, oh, yes, of course. Epi, which, uh, which also I've... held at the Stade, Stade Pierre de Coubertin with thousands of screaming Frenchmen getting behind their guys. Yeah, never made it to that. Nope. I'd like to go this year, but it's not going to happen. No, I'm afraid not. No. We have next other, year. other things afoot. Let's put it in the calendar for next year though, then. Um, so we attended, and we, we, were, we were there for a very good reason. What was that, Sean? We were doing the commentary. Hey, hooray. <laughs> we were the voices on the fencing telly. Yep. Yes, for the first time ever, the Challenge International de Paris had English commentary, yes. which uh, which we provided. Yes, and uh, I think we're, I think the first thing we'll do is we'll uh, give a shout-out to the French Federation for inviting us. Thank you very much. Thank you, French Federation. And in particular, uh, Philippe Fagio, uh, who I believe is their comms manager. Uh, yes, he's their events and marketing manager, I think. Right, official, official title. Official title. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so he asked us along to, to come and provide the commentary, mm-hmm. which and we were happy to do for yes. almost no money at all. <laughs> it was <laughs> good, though. Because we were a bargain. Yes. Oh, and thanks also to um, Celia Moyard, uh, who joined us for, for bits of the commentary as well. Mm-hmm. Quite helpful. Knew a whole load about the French fencers, which yeah. was, uh, since we did a, a lot of commentating on, on them, uh-huh. Was, was was quite helpful. Yeah, was good. Uh, certainly, some of the sort of younger, sort of less less stellar names. Yeah, you know, there were names I had I had heard, but couldn't really have told you a, a whole load about. And mm-hmm. she was uh, full of information about them, yes. so that was that was very helpful. So, thanks very much, Celia. Indeed. Uh, what we just mentioned as well, another shout out to Liam Paul, our sponsors. They did actually take us out for dinner as well. Which, uh, yes, Alex Paul, uh, one of the directors at, at Liam Paul, was kind enough to invite us out for dinner along with the. The rest of his crew that were along for for the weekend mm-hmm. and uh, and fed us and gave us drink and it yes. was it was very pleasant, a thoroughly enjoyable evening. Good, it didn't. It was it was much better than just sort of trawling around a, a random suburb of, of uh, Paris trying to find somewhere to eat. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not <clears throat> it's not a shortage of places to eat. It is Paris after all? Yes, that's true. Um, so it was actually really lovely meeting the the French wing of Lyon Paul, and I'm told they've been there for ten years. So I don't know how they've skipped under my radar for that length of time. 
It's yeah, it's surprising. Yeah, it's surprising. Anyway. So let's let's talk about some fencing. Yeah, we, sure. we spent all weekend talking about it. So let's condense it to the to the highlights. Sure. Okay. Shall we do our usual run through of who left the party early? Uh, yeah, on you go, Sean. You can lead on that. Okay. Uh, at the last sixty-four, uh, Safran and Cheremisinov, the two Russians, uh, diving out early. Uh, local boy ends of the four also going out then, and Hyo Jun of Korea mm-hmm. out in the sixty-four. Thirty-twos, uh, Kasara, Yavador, Chung, uh, Shikini, all going out at that stage. Kasara losing out to young Sid Kumbla of the USA as mm-hmm. well. Uh, big, big win there. Um, not one that we did commentary for, but one that I kind of caught out of the corner of my eye. I mean, uh, actually, it might not have been in the commentary box for that one, but calmly impressive performance from. Yeah, I Mikumbla. can't remember. I think I might have been in the commentary box for that one, but. There was somebody else. We did we did the other French match that was on time. That might have been quite Bichu, actually. Now right. thinking about it. Yep. So out in the sixteen, Richard Cruz edged out by Garrett Meinhardt fifteen fourteen in a what looked like a humdinger of a match. Yep. Uh, but again, not one that we weren't commenting on. Mm-hmm. So only really caught the very end of it. Caddo out in the sixteen, mm-hmm. uh, much to the disappointment, um, and another strong result for uh, Nick Itkin. Yeah. Um, Another bright young American, mm-hmm. not quite as stellar as his performance in Bonn, but uh, you know, racking up the World Cup points and yep. angling, angling towards uh, a place in the American team before. Where is he now? Not too long. Well, still sitting in fifth. Miles mm-hmm. Chandler Watson in fourth. Yeah, but if you take out the points that Miles got from the Pan American Zonals and from the World Championships, Nick Hitkin has actually picked up more points. I think from. Sort of regular season competitions now, so mm-hmm. um, we know how unsentimental the American selection process is. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you know Miles needs to get a result mm. pretty soon, otherwise uh, young Itkin will be nudging him out of a team place. Well, uh, but we can't write Miles out of the game here yet. We can no, just say it's on not. the horizon. That's all. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he remains. Capable of yeah of of getting big results, mm-hmm. just, just hasn't really done it for a while, and, mm-hmm. and needs to start doing something yep. reasonably soon. You would think. Yep. Anyway, so on to on to our quarterfinals. We definitely commented in the first one because mm-hmm. it was the last of the remaining Frenchmen in Arwen Lapeshu up against um, Alessio Ficoni, the defending champion. Yep. Um, and in the end, it wasn't a hugely exciting one to comment on because uh, Ficoni mm-hmm. was all over him with a fifteen seven win. Yep. So I mean a slightly more subdued atmosphere for the for the remainder of the day with no no yeah. Frenchmen in the la- later yeah. stages. Imboden beat uh, Luperi fifteen twelve. That looked like a a good scrap actually. Although mm-hmm. again we weren't commentating on it, so it was no. kind of it was in the corner of our eyes rather yeah. than the actual main yeah. event. But uh, a fifteen twelve there for for Imboden. Avila beat Garozzo, and again one watching out the corner of your eye. Mm-hmm. Um, Garozzo was ahead for most of the match, and then kind of. Lost his head a little bit. I lost think. it, lost mm-hmm. it towards the end, and uh, Avila advances fifteen twelve, and an all USA matchup between Meinhardt and Massialis uh, mm-hmm. was a, a fifteen fourteen win for for Gary Meinhardt. Yes, uh, I, I didn't really see any of that to be honest. I couldn't tell you what no. what happened there. It was noisy. I remember that much. All right, okay. I remember it was noisy. I can't remember anything else. Though. So our first semi final, uh, Coney against Imboden. How would you describe it, Sean? A uh, tremendous scrap. Yeah. It was a proper battle, level at 7-0 at the first break. I mean, and both fences absolutely going for it. It yeah. was uh, 
It was it was good. Fe- it was it was good. Uh, you've got kind of like how you describe Falcone's fencing, kind of aggressive fencing from Falcone up against the sort of the left-handed elegance of Race and Bowden, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. I suppose that's a that's a fair summary. Yeah. Summary. I mean, if Coney, uh, while he produces some beautiful hits, is more of a more of a scrapper. You might say he's yeah. a, a a fighter rather than a you know a beautiful technician. I mean, we'll we'll have we'll have our fill of beautiful technical fencing just <laughs> shortly. Just shortly. Yeah. yeah, really, it's a it's a matchup. It was kind of everything you could want mm-hmm. in, in that sort of first period. Uh, was was tremendous stuff. After the break, I, I thought it looked like Imboden had, had found his range a little bit and uh, yeah. seemed to get a little bit of control of things and, mm-hmm. and went a couple of hits up, 11-9 up, about halfway through the second period. And then, then we get a, a tactical minor injury break while Fukuni gets a, a quick blast of magic spray in his ankle. That's right. doesn't immediately work in that Imboden, mm-hmm. Imboden goes 12-9 uh, up, but then uh, Fukuni finds finds way to start mm-hmm. closing the distance and... Hit with the counter attacks, and then there's a key video review as well. When Fukuni levels at twelve apiece, yeah, and Bowden's not happy. Pulls mm-hmm. a video review. They're away looking at for oh, it, was a, it was quite a while. Uh, yeah, a, yeah, a long time. But in the end, the uh, the hit stands, and Fukuni by that point is uh, I think buoyed by that. Yeah, that hit standing, and he's mm-hmm. on a roll. He's he scored three in a. Three in the trot, yeah. and then Julie rules off uh, rules off the next three as well mm-hmm. to to finish with a fifteen twelve win. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, turned it around from a from a deficit you know, losing, to win. Yeah, losing by three to winning by three. Uh, I, I think it's because as you say, he's, he's a scrapper, and that's kind of what I find attractive about his fencing. Is I kind of like that, like like the fact that he gets in about his opponent and goes down fighting. I don't think I've ever seen him well, since I started really paying attention to him going down without with a, with a whimper. You know. No, he'll not. He'll not give it away. He'll never. No. He'll never just say, "Oh well, that's me done for today," and I'll yeah. uh, I'll just toddle off now. Mm-hmm. No, he'll he'll battle through to the finish, and um, yeah, got his reward there with a a good and exciting win in the, yes. in the first semi final. We thought that was good, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Meinhardt v um, Avila. Yeah, we just want to start on that one. Well, we both rate these fencers, and they don't win enough in our well, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, Avila doesn't 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 win enough, despite the fact he looks amazing when he's on the piece. Yeah. And yeah, same same would go for my heart. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of big fan of both their fencing. They're yeah. fantastic to watch, and this this was a a demonstration of beautiful fencing. Yeah, in in the modern style. I mean, you got you got to love Avila's footwork variations and the way he changes the distance up and uh, sort of moves the moves the rhythm around. And yeah, we'd seen it. I'd seen it a little bit when he was up against Garozzo, where he was very calm and kept on his game. And as I put it to somebody when I when I got back to Edinburgh, I said, uh, "If you imagine you just cut him off, cut one two at the waist, mm. his feet are moving, but there's no doesn't seem to be any interaction with his his, his chest at all. It's yeah, so it's smooth. Like if, you, if you could only see him from the waist up, yeah, you, you could think he was on he was yeah, on wheels. Exactly, and somebody was wheeling him backwards and forwards. <laughs> so smooth, unbelievably smooth. And Gerrit moves really well too. Yeah, slightly different style, bouncier and mm-hmm. uh, very 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 relaxed against yeah. the sort of slightly." Stiffer, more formal-looking mm-hmm. uh, Avila style. So an, yeah. an interesting contrast of styles, mm-hmm. and had had everything really. You well, know, I all, think at one all point, the beautiful hits. Yeah, I, I think at one point I actually said, "Oh my god, I could weep with joy right now." <laughs> Live on telly. <laughs> yeah, nothing embarrassing about that, Gav. Yeah. <laughs> Fanboy. Yeah. Well, just to, just to underline this one for everybody, you should go and watch this because we, we saw some hits that we haven't seen in a while. Well, I. Don't remember seeing hits like this where Avila literally glides in a distance and from nowhere launches a, a, a flesh with a flick to shoulder. Yeah, 
and it, it comes from nowhere. It, does it, come, it comes from nowhere. You don't know it's coming. You can't see it, and all of a sudden it happens. And sometimes when you see these things on review, they don't look quite so pretty. And then we got to see the review, and it's just like, no, no, that's actually even better. It's even better. It's yeah. the photo moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we saw similar things from uh, Garrick as well. For, I can't. I'm trying to think of a, a good example, but did see some sort of quality finishing from him as well. Yeah. So let's. Uh, Let's talk through the fight. Mm. I mean, uh, the war hits with everything. A whole load of counter-reposts, yeah. which you don't see a huge amount of, mm-hmm. but there was there was plenty in this one, but mm. long attacks, really sharp reposts, flicks, fleshes, you yeah, know, had the works, yeah. had the works. But uh, six all at the break, Avla 12-11 up at the second break, and really, uh, you, you couldn't pick a winner no. right until the, the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, it was a guess. Yeah. It was a guess who was like, nobody nobody dominated. It was just trading of one beautiful hit after another, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. And then towards the, the finish, Avila, Avila felt slightly rushed. He got picked off with yeah. a counter-attack, you know, a, a blocking counter-attack, mm-hmm. and one where he, when he goes for the flesh, doesn't quite land it. Yeah. And, um, and Meinhardt hits him with a repost behind the head. Yeah. A beautiful hit, by the way. It was another yeah. one where I felt like saying, "Oh my god, I could cry." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you're cut out for for this sort of dispassionate observation of the action, Gav. Well, I've uh, I've wept with joy at both fences, so it's totally neutral. Fair enough. So yeah, eventually, uh, my heart emerges with a a 15 13 mm-hmm. uh, victory. Cracking, absolutely cracking. But yeah, if, if you want a demonstration of pretty much the best of modern men's foil, mm-hmm. um, that would be the fight. That no, I think would, so. We would point you to. I think. Yeah, it's a good one. And if you if you were going to get get somebody to watch some fencing and they didn't know anything about it, go for that one. It's clean. It's well mannered. There's uh, no argument. No, I can't remember any arguments anyway. It's, no. Yeah, it's beautiful to look at. It's exactly what you want. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. So on to the final, and well, the final looked like it was going to be embarrassingly one sided at one stage. Uh, <laughs> Just a little bit. Fakoni went six nothing up, mm-hmm. and then ten two up. Yeah, and. It looked like it was just going to be an embarrassing route, really, yeah. which after two fantastic semi-finals mm-hmm. was uh, um, a bit of a letdown. Yep. Kony hitting with pretty much whatever he wanted, although there's one really noticeable hit that, that stood out that I hadn't seen much of before was um, he once he got Meinhardt's hand moving, mm-hmm. um, delivering his attack with a flick underneath the arm, he scored yeah. with, I think, th- maybe three of those to go 10-2 up. We should just sort of mention that I, I did notice that there was quite a lot of underarm hitting going on mm-hmm. during yep. the day, and that just seemed to be a continuation of that. There seemed to be some uh, quite a lot of fences seemed to have narrowed into that as a potential uh, zone to be finishing, rather than traditional in the traditional zone in the, the upper quadrant. So. Yeah, so it was good stuff, and I, I couldn't really work out how. What I mean, he changed uh, my heart, changed his his attacks a little bit, made them a bit more broken up, so they were sort of less. Less fluent than we'd seen yeah. uh, against Avila. He needed to do something to to change the rhythm because they weren't they weren't working basically in the the first part of the fight. So mm-hmm. uh, it made it a bit more uh, sort of disjointed and broken up, and uh, and that started to get him some sort of reward. Um, Fakoni, I felt maybe looked a little bit lazy. He was miles up, looked like he was cruising towards a win, and yeah. perhaps maybe just took his foot off the gas a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, looking for for some cheap hits to yeah. to finish the match off. Again, and it didn't and- really work. Yeah, Gerrig obviously saw the door open slightly. Yeah, mm. so Fakuni's still comfortably ahead, 11-7 up at the first break. Uh, and Meinhardt keeps pressing, he's, he's still finding ways to mm-hmm. to claw his way back into it. And the score gets to uh, Meinhardt just being 10-12 down at one stage. 
Uh, and then Coney lands with another flick under the arm, and I felt that was the sort of spirit breaker. Mm-hmm. You know, they both battle away to the finish, but Fukuni ends up with a, an entirely pragmatic, non-showy, yeah. uh, closing counter-attack so, and block. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, right, uh, job done. Can I, can I go now? Exactly. <laughs> I have a trophy to pick up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, Fukuni retains his title in Paris, which is uh, uh, pretty, pretty impressive. And as a result of that, and Richard Cruz going out in the 16, basically they repeat their, mm-hmm. their results from last year, which means no change at the top of the world ranking for Fukuni. Yeah. Stays as as world number one, mm-hmm. oh, well. so a slight disappointment for us. But yeah. um, with that kind of performance, hard to hard to begrudge Mister Fukuni his uh, yes number one status. Mm-hmm. Really, onto the teams. Yep, and we were there for all of that too. We were we were there bright and early, uh-huh. commenting on France against Ireland, mm-hmm. which was wasn't, wasn't that exciting. I'd say that the the, the Irish give it their best shot. They did. They did give it their best shot. They did. And we were there doing commentary in English, whereas the French commentators actually hadn't bothered to turn off for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I felt that wasn't, you know, that wasn't entirely fair. But there you go. Familiar names in the in the semi-finals. First semi-final, Russia against the USA. Now, the only slight surprise in that is that Russia have been largely woeful for the last, well, quite a long time. Mm. Um, they they did beat France pretty comfortably in, yeah. the, in the last eight, yep. which, again... We were doing the commentary for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the surprise package there, and I don't really saw it coming, was uh, Timur Arslanov, who's been... Well, you described him as being a bit ordinary. Uh, yes, yes. I, yeah. That's that's largely been my impression of him. His individual results are nothing to write home about. Mm-hmm. He's had a couple of last 32s or something in the last year. They've persevered with him in the Russian team, and the Russian team, at least partly as a result of that, has looked pretty ordinary. Yep. Um, since you know, since winning the Olympics, mm-hmm. but he gave the French an absolute battering. Um, and when Russia faced up to the previously all-conquering American team mm-hmm. in the semi-final, we didn't. I didn't really fancy Russia's chances. Nope. At all. <laughs> and yet, Russia came out on top, pretty pretty comfortably, really forty-five thirty-six. Yeah. And they were well worth their win. Well, definitely, and I think. Timur Arslanov, again, was immense. Tremendous. Did yeah. not score eight or nine hits in a row or something like that at one point to really make... Was it, was it Miles or was it oh, was it someone that was it somebody else? Um, it wasn't Miles because Miles didn't fence. Oh, he didn't fence. Who was it then? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, he did. He scored like nine hits in a row and it was just like, oh my God, that's a pasting. Yeah, he was yeah. absolutely on fire. And Him and Cheremizinov as well. Yep. And the surprise perhaps for the... The Russian team was that Timur Safin, I don't think, featured at all in the semi-finals. No. Uh, arguably their their best fencer, mm-hmm. but on the on the bench. We don't know what that was all about, but, you know, fair enough. We should also point out the other interesting bit of gossip here, which is that the American team coach was in the was in the house, and his name is Stefano Cerioni. Well, uh, <laughs> there is uh, Rayson Bowden's coach and yeah. in, the, in the team box. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's two, two pretty powerful characters in <laughs> yeah. him and uh, Greg Masialis. Yeah. Um, oh, Greg was there. I, I don't get me wrong, everybody. Greg was there. But, yeah, uh, he is. He is yeah. the main man mm-hmm. for for the USA team. Yeah. But it's interesting having having Mister Cherioni in in the box as yeah. well. You, you would think that's a pretty pretty powerful coaching combination. I, I think so. I know that. I, I mean, I'm guessing you, we took the talk about this offline, but. Cherioni was also coaching Miles in the background during the individuals as well. Yes, well, I, as I explained with that one, yeah. um, 
Miles's coach, um, Simon Gershon, mm. quite uh, quite often doesn't travel to, mm. to competitions with uh, with Miles. So you tend to get a variety of people in the in the coaching box, mm-hmm. offering their offering their thoughts to yeah. to Miles and individuals. Mm. So um, anyway, that was quite interesting. Just seeing uh, seeing uh, Cherioni in the American box. Yeah, it's <laughs> well. It took me a while to to get used to seeing him wearing a Russian tracksuit and. Eventually got the hang of it, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's going to take a period of adjustment for me to indeed uh, to not look slightly surprised every time mm-hmm. I see him uh, wearing a USA yeah. top. Yeah, between him and Greg, it's, it's going to be something anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a, a comfortable Russian win in the end. Um, the American team did look a bit flat. Uh, it was really my sort of feeling yeah. on on how they how they performed this weekend. And I think at the time I did point out that you can't win forever. There has to come a period in time where you lose. It's just an inevitability. You can't win forever, and uh, I think if you've if you've won every tournament for however long, however many it was in the trot, seven, seven in the trot, yeah, yeah, then the other teams are paying close attention to you, and at some point they're going to crack you. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. You know? Anyway, uh, so second semi final, Italy against Korea. Um, in terms of the score, it wasn't hugely different, but much. Much more comfortable. You always felt that USA had a, a chance, even as they were mm-hmm. uh, going down. Yeah, uh, going down. That you know they could still could still turn it around. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Italy beat uh, Korea forty five thirty three, and that was a, a score that entirely reflected the match. Really, yeah. they were pretty comfortable in the third place playoff. USA beat Korea forty five forty one. Yeah, uh, love to give you much more detail on that match, but we were. Uh, we were having to commentate on the France Japan match for fifth and sixth place, which yeah. was a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Surprise! A surprise! Yeah, a surprise. If if anybody listens to the live stream, you will hear us comment. Start off the commentary on one match, and then have to suddenly switch to another. <laughs> I didn't realise that's not what that's not what everybody else is uh, yeah. is is watching. So yeah, um, so well done, France, on taking fifth. We're very pleased for you, yeah, indeed. Um, so on to final proper seesaw match. Again, a very interesting match, I think. It looked, it looked like Russia had well, Russia had built up a command, a bit lead. of a lead, yeah, a decent, decent sized lead, um, and then a couple of thoroughly professional legs from Kassara and Avila mm-hmm. uh, gave them a, oh, a narrow lead. Was it two or three hits going? Two to the, hits, I think it was going to the final, going leg. to the final leg, and where we have. Cherimi Snoff against Garozzo. Yeah. And basically Cherimi Snoff just melts Garozzo's brain. Well Garozzo um, again, I mean he's he's done this to him a few times in the past, isn't yeah. it to him at the at the European Championships and the individuals and in the end Russia emerged with a win forty five forty and Garozzo looked a, a broken man at the end of it. He was yeah. he was furious. Um Cherimi Snoff had entirely got under mm-hmm. his skin, broken down his fencing and uh, sneaked off with a win. Yeah. Probably cackling evenly. Yeah, away. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a hint of pantomime villain about uh, Jeremy Snoff, the way you know, the sort of demeanour, the way he carries himself, the way yeah. he fences, the type of hits he scores with. And he does look grumpy even when he's scoring the, scoring the hit. <laughs> yes, and in fact, I, I, was he not? He, his first hit in the team in that match. He, I'm sure, he took his mask off and had a good old whinge at his own box, even though it was only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Better, better set things up, uh, you know how you expect it to be. I'm going to be grumpy the whole match, and <laughs> I'll probably score you a lot of hits though. Yeah. And uh, should point out actually, in the eighth leg, it was uh, Safin versus Kassara. 
So, so, yeah, right. So Kessa, um, Saffron rather came back on for, mm-hmm. for that, having not been seen for a couple of matches, I think. I don't yeah. been seen since the very start of the match against France. It looked like he was going to steady the ship because Kessa uh, was giving him too much room. Mm. And he was launching these lovely attacks, and and then uh, Casera heard heard my voice from the box suggesting that perhaps <laughs> this wasn't the way to go, uh, and then walked off with a third ten five thumping for fa- for Safin. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, quality match. Should watch that one too. Yeah, it was good. Uh, surprising, as I say, to to see a Russian win because uh, to be honest, they they'd scraped through their last sixteen match against Denmark forty five forty two mm-hmm. earlier on in the day. As I say, they looked terrible at various things yeah. over the last last couple of years uh, and suddenly they found a, found a way to win again yeah, again Chernomistov was great so was Arslanov Zebchenko looked pretty good as well so yeah yeah suddenly good day a, for them a, suddenly a team that remembers how to win mm-hmm. so that um, that pretty much wraps up the the action action we because we were so busy doing tons and tons of commentary didn't get the chance to do any interviews at all however our friend at uh, Pianeta Sherma uh, the Italian fencing website, mm-hmm. Ariana Scarnecchia, did do an interview with uh, with Rayson Bowden, and she was kind enough um, to share that with us. So we've got to the stage now, Gav, where we're outsourcing our interviewing. So here's Ariana and Reese doing an interview in the bowels of the media room at the Stade Pierre de Coubertin, and uh, here's what they had to say. So let's start with the targets for this year, so it's um, Olympics qualifications. So. Yes, uh, targets for the year would obviously be, um, you know, last year I finished third in the world. I would love to move up my position mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, do as well as I can at every single competition, but then especially at the end of the year in the last two where it's the uh, beginning of qualification and then... Uh, start to really focus on uh, big events like World Championships mm-hmm. and Olympic Games. Of course. And what about the team? Yeah. Yeah, the event. team. The team is the team, especially where our focus is, has to be on uh, the World Championships this year. We really want to we really capitalize on a big event. Uh, we had a great season last year, but we missed the, the title, and now we want the title. What about, because like last year, you need for the anthem and what do you yes. think is the role of politics in uh, I think that politics and sports go hand in hand uh, throughout history we've had a lot of people be very influential uh, especially in America from uh, you know Muhammad Ali to Michael Jordan now I mean excuse me to uh, LeBron James now yeah. but uh, I think that uh, it's important to you know to have your beliefs and to stand strong it's just something for me personally that I believe uh is something that we'll look back on and, and, and speak about negatively. So mm-hmm. it's important for me to, to, to show that I, I have uh, feelings towards that. Yeah, yeah, but, but, at the same time, uh, but at the same time, it's not uh, necessary for everyone. I understand yeah. that too. Um, yeah, so, yeah, because of course, like sports, it's full of politics. Sure, the, sure. Every time, so also, I think about boycotting yes during yes the Cold War, for example, yes yes yeah it's uh it's similar i don't know if it's necessarily as um because boycotting this was this was more about like me speaking towards yeah, course, something yeah. about in our country especially because i think it was very powerful for what what was going on in, in our country in the moment mm-hmm. um and it's just a snapshot of someone's beliefs i think beliefs change all the time we get new information you know everybody is changing all the time but uh 
it's important to speak up and, and to speak up for people who don't have a voice. And in fencing especially, I think there's a majority, and I just wanted to speak up for the uh, people who didn't have a voice. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, of course, it's not the yeah. same. What I meant is that some people believe that they have to be separated. Yes, course, yes, no, yes. Never, never, never. Meant, yeah. never. Politics so meant, is in everything, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because of that, um, what do you think is the... For example, women's role in fencing. Mm -hmm. You also spoke up about the situation with pregnancy. Yes, yes. Um, so I just, I just, I think actually women in sports in general, yeah, in general they have yeah. a very hard time because they have two roles. I think that you know the men are lucky because as athletes we have this full role as an athlete. We don't have to be a lot of the times we don't have the pressure of being like a father or something mm -hmm. where. We're a father at home, but once we go out of the home, we're a, we're a competitor, we're an athlete. Whereas a mother or like Serena Williams or even um, a fencer like Mario Zagunas or someone is an athlete, but she's a mother first. And wherever she goes, she has to be a mother first and then an athlete. So I think that it's, um, it's a lot of pressure for female athletes and they don't get, they don't, there's no rules to support them. And I think that there should be guidelines and rules to support women who are like extremely talented. Um, and when they do get pregnant or they do choose to do that, that it, there's some kind of way we handle the situation. I don't have a good answer. That's the problem is I don't have a good answer. But I would love to just, again, like speak about it to say that I think there's something wrong and that there's definitely ways to improve that situation. You know, so... Uh, I mean, I think some of my role models, like, I mean, my girlfriend's a fencer too. She's an athlete. So I would hate to see that happen to her. I just don't. Very talented. Yeah, yeah. She's very good. But I think that uh, for, for women athletes as, as a whole, they have a lot of pressure and a lot of, uh, do you say, stipulations mm -hmm. that they have to follow. And, and it's, um, it's definitely, I believe, more difficult for them than mm -hmm. for us in a lot of ways, which is unequal. Definitely. Also, yeah. the recent recent voting at the Congress uh, where there was this proposal to raise the minimum of representation to 30% has actually voted against. Really? I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which was quite sad. But yeah. Um, what else? You changed coach? So I changed are, coach, yes. Yeah. You're working with Cerioni now? Yes, I work with Stefano Cerioni. It's really been uh, unbelievable so far, so... Uh, you know, to have somebody working so dedicated to you and so dedicated to the sport. He's uh, really, really, really dedicated to the sport. It's amazing. Uh, like, he, you know, I come, I come to pick him up before practice or something in L.A. and he's watching fencing videos. It's like, come on, take a break, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, I love it. I love it. He's a, he's a really genuinely, he's a really nice guy. Uh, I think he has this, I've always seen him on the other side of the strip. So his persona has always been uh, against me. <laughs> and now to have him behind me, I, I understand why he's brought so much success to so many countries. He, he, he knows uh, fencing very well. He competes with his heart for all his athletes. And uh, I, I have a lot of respect. I have more respect for him now, working with him, obviously, mm -hmm. than uh, before. And I'm very it's lucky. when you are. Yes, yeah, when you're against him, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, but the... the the uh, the team is really great. I have um, Maurizio Zampa, mm -hmm. Stefano Cerioni, and then my girlfriend. And we kind of travel as a team, mm -hmm. Isa. So it's really nice. We uh, we kind of earn a pack. We're spending a lot of time in Europe training uh, in Italy and France. So. And how was the how was the experience in Yezi, which is a story? story yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a big 
like fencing like I, I'm a big fencing guy so mm-hmm. like I um, I had known about Yezi for a long time obviously I'd seen all those women fence mm-hmm. uh, and uh, to go there and to be in Italy to fence in Italy is something first because Italy is just has such amazing schools such amazing uh, history in fencing and then uh, to to go to go to a club and be there with like Olympic champions and that kind of thing and have Vitsali come in and speak to her it's, 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 an, it's an amazing experience it's so dense like the competition is so dense and the, the uh, just the like the power that that country has for fencing is incredible um, then to be there taking lessons with Stefano was even more special because it's from the yes but also just they were very welcoming like everyone was really nice there's a there's an atmosphere of like competition but not negatively it's not like i hate you or i don't want you to succeed you know it's more like uh oh, you know we all are competing against mm-hmm. each other but uh yeah, yes it's very nice and i know you are also into music yeah yeah of course into modeling so yeah. how do you i mean manage to yeah so i mean uh fencing is for me first mm-hmm. so uh nothing comes before fencing Modeling is something that I do when I have time. Uh, like if I have a few weeks uh, where I'm just training, then I'll go maybe one day to do a job, but mostly just to make money. So I wouldn't necessarily call it a passion. I would say it's like a way to, it's more like my job, right? And then uh, as far as music goes, it's something that I've always done. Uh, I've always loved. And when I was young, when I was young and in Brooklyn, I DJed. And that, that uh, everyone knows about that somehow. And then... Uh, <laughs> Cool. Yeah, no, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, it was great. And now I just like, I mean, I had music playing all the time. So uh, I got my headphones on when I came in here and at home and I bring speakers with me everywhere. So, so it has like a big role in your life. Yeah, it's just theme music. You know, it adds color. It adds color. For me, uh, memories are, my memories are with music and uh, every, every music, different music reminds me of different things. And it's a way to add color to your life. You know, it's music. Cool. Yeah. What's your favorite? Can you say? No, it's my bed, favorite. Right? Yeah, my favorite. I don't have a favorite. It changed. I yeah. definitely. I know it's crazy, but I don't have a favorite favorite. Uh, no, I no, have. I agree. I, mean, I have many artists. I have many artists I like that I. Um, you know, like I grew up. Uh, funnily enough, like my first records were like from my father were like the Beatles and rock albums and punk albums, and then I got into uh, the Gorillas when I was pretty pretty young and I loved that and what they were doing and mixing hip hop and kind of new age stuff and then from there ended up listening through I lived in Brooklyn so we have a lot of hip hop history cool. <laughs> and uh, I've listened to a lot of hip hop and now I'm in France I was listening to um, this girl called let's see I'll tell you right now um, Angel she's, she's great from some French rap Yeah, yeah, she's she's like she's like um, I would say she's I wouldn't call her indie, but like kind of indie uh-huh. pop. Okay. But she's nice. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's really great. You should check it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like a professional media outfit, we have found a stringer and we've outsourced it in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. I am really uh, genuinely grateful to Ariana and uh, Pianetta Sherma for sharing this interview. Indeed. Um, the full transcript's available on the Pianeta Sherma website, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll post a link to that as well. But um, hope you enjoyed it, because uh, Bowden doesn't do a, a whole load of interviews, and I, I thought that one was genuinely pretty interesting. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So, um, our, en- Enough of Paris. Enough of Paris. We're done with Paris. Until next year. Exactly. So we're going to be go- talking about Heidenheim next. Uh, it's probably one of the premier epi events of the season. 
and also interesting from our point of view because there's a whole new set of rules to do with uh, non-combativity that have been rolled out and then subsequently changed at the last second. So nobody really knows what's going on. But um, I have it on the I have it on the expert opinion that it's now a yellow for first offence, then a red, then another red, then a black. Is that right? I don't know. I'm just guessing now. Okay, I don't know. It seems to have changed. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Actually, that's that's what I've heard. Um, if one of our correspondents would just like to drop us a line with the correct interpretation, that would be fab. I have to say as well that um, just sort of looking at the way that it was all presented um, as a, as a spectator watching the new rules unfold in front of me. Yeah, fair enough. We've got these new rules and all that, but there's no clock which tells you exactly how far into a minute we are, uh, and there's no indication on the scoreboard telling us who's got yellow cards and who hasn't. All right. Uh, which made it a little bit difficult to understand whether or not this was actually. You'd have to remember this. Right. So you've taken a. a so we've taken Epi, which is whether you like it or not, it's not really important. It's just simple. You just hit the other guy, uh, and made it vastly more complicated yep. by doing this. And it's all in the name of making making it spectator friendly. But anyway. It's early days. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. So tell tell us about the action. Um, right. So um, so we move swiftly on to uh, Germany for Heidenheim Pokal, as the individual's called. Absolutely vast tournament by fencing standards of 324 entrants held on a Thursday. You know, just to really rub home that you know it's uh, it's unique. Uh, and we were obviously in Paris, so we didn't get to see very much of this live, and I've had to subsequently ca- uh, catch up on this one. Uh, I think I'm just going to go straight to get straight to the point and point out there were two people in the last 16 made it into the last eight, and that kind of gives you an inkling. Oh, sorry, to, to the to the last top 16. 16. Yeah, made it into the last rankings. 16. Yeah, we're right at the la- we're there at the last gasp. Everyone right. else out earlier on in the day. Ah, okay. So let's let's pick some random uh, people who who weren't around for the earlier game so um, still no Yannick Burrell still injured so he wasn't actually there so in the 64 we've got Stankovic uh, Bert of Hungary uh, Benny Stefan Fong of Hong Kong oops sorry that's the wrong Fong uh, Anokin of Russia Enrico Gorozzo uh, Nikita Glaskov Banyai Freely Schmidt Kodis Verweilen Quion Santarelli uh, McDonald, Curtis McDonald's been on a bit of a roll recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexinen and Lamardo, all out in the sixty-four. Bye, guys. Yep, every single last one of them. Uh, so out in the thirty-two. Let's, let's let's see if we can pick some people out in the thirty-two. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, Redley's out in the thirty. Went out in the thirty-two. Palapizzo went out in the thirty-two. I, I guess he's still uh, recovering from his injury. Uh, Minobi out in the thirty-two, and that leaves us. Let's have a look, and then into the sixteen. Our departures. Our man Max, we'll get back to him in a second. Fava and the Kishin. So that leaves virtually no one. Okay, so... Who's left? Who do you think's yeah, left? Um, I don't know. Uh, People I've never heard of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, basically, there's, there's there's no one... I don't think there's anyone actually in the top 16 that I've thought about this has actually made it into the into the last eight. In fact, nobody in the last eight in the last eight. So it's been a to- total carve-up. Now, I'm going to be honest, there's a lot of epi to watch here. And I've only been able to catch up with the last eight since Paris. So I don't know if the rules had a massive impact further down. But from what I saw in the last eight, it didn't have a serious impact on the way people were fencing, other than there's far less skipping through the bouts. So there's none of that standing around. We just move on to the next period. Yeah. Um, And I only saw the non-competitivity called once in the last eight. Okay. So it it didn't have a massive, massive impact. 
but I think I started to see how I expect things to go, which is if there is going to be any sort of tactical movement and feeling your opponent out, you will see maybe 45 seconds tops of nothing and then a flurry of actions in the last 15 seconds. And there was certainly a lot of that, I think, in a couple of bouts. Right. So whether or not that's a... uh, I don't know if that counts as a positive or negative. I guess it depends on your point of view. Probably need to see more of it. Yeah, I think it's still early days and I think people are still working out exactly how this all... uh, this is all going to work out. This gives us our uh, our matchups in the in the last day of uh, Bruev versus Harper of Israel. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so this is our first match. Um, I, I watched this one. Uh, I noticed for, first of all, no non-competitivity at all. Uh, first period balance. Finishes seven four. Uh, Bruev went immediately passive, but uh, Harper kept the pressure on. Uh, finishes thirteen eight, and then it's uh, sorry, Bruev. Even though even though Harper's keeping the pressure on him, just manages the, the match. It finishes fifteen eight. I mean, this basically what's happening here is again what I was saying. There was this period where nothing appeared to happen, and there was a flurry. Yeah. So the score just ticked over just enough to avoid any sort of penalties. Right. Um, the our second bout is quite an interesting one. It's a uh, Divarola versus Naj of Hungary. Naj oh, okay. is not in the top sixteen. He's just no. outside of that. Um, again, there's no uh, non-combativity called in this one. It's very cagey at the start. There's not. There's not really very much going on. I thought I was going to get it called because the first hit isn't scored for fifty-four seconds. So close. So close. Um, I hadn't quite realised this, but Divaroli doesn't really press the attack. He likes to sit back and let people attack him. Uh, yes, I, I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about that before, but I was, I was made to think about it through, through watching uh, these, these particular okay. bouts. But to be fair, Divaroli is, he's about twelve, isn't he? Uh, Seventeen, but yes. So, okay, <laughs> well, I, yes. It's, in epi terms, he's yeah. very young. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's a whippersnapper. He needs a clipper in the euro from somebody. That's what Excellent. he needs. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Divaroli just soaked up the, the pressure here. Um, Nash just couldn't hit him. He tries a couple of times, so it goes four one at the first period. Uh, by the end of the second period, Divaroli is winning nine four. Okay. And it finishes 15-8 in the third period. Okay, so first two, both fairly comfortable wins. Yeah, fairly, very comfortable. It's not, it's not um, you know, there, there was no doubt in this one. Uh, the third bout is the one I was actually quite excited about. Um, actually, I might be wrong when I think about this, about the, nobody in the last 16, because it's Cano versus Cimini of Italy. Cano might still be in the last 16. I'd uh, need to double check. 16, I, th- I think he might be, yeah. He might just be in there, I think. Um, this one is way more cagey to start off with. Um, the first period kind of goes 2-1 up. It's very, very calm. The whole fencing, there's, there's not very much happening here. It's very, very calm. Uh, Cimini's attack seems to be stick his arm out and then just run at his opponent. Uh, <laughs> kind of being quite small can just pick up the blade and flick. Uh, so it finishes 5-3. Period 2 uh, levels it at 5-all. It's very, um, still very, very passive. There's still no sign of it all. We go into the third period. Um, Cano actually levels at eight all, takes the lead at nine eight. Not very much time left on the clock, and he holds it till right till the very end, uh, where Cimini flushes him and hits him with a sort of bizarre out of time attack and just wins by one point. Finishes uh, ten nine. Okay. It's a bizarre one. It's not high scoring. It's a very bizarre fight though. If you if you ever want to watch that one, all right? Do you think it's bizarre just because? Because the way these two two fence and match up of styles, or is it something forced by the? Well, you're rules. not getting. I mean, if the, if the goal is to have Epi with lots of hits happening, that's mm-hmm. not what you're seeing. You're still seeing people setting up the hit and taking their time, feel out your opponent's uh, distance and timing, feel out their defense, see what are they searching for the blade, are they trying to counterattack, what is it they're trying to do, and then go. Uh, that particular one, it's kind of like nothing happening and lots happening, nothing happening and lots happening, which is nice. what I thought would happen yeah. in, the, in the new environments. It seems to fit that. But there's also a, a, mat, a, 
a, a weird matchup in styles. Uh, Chimini's very kind of hand very far forward, sort of launches and the attack is this weird running flesh thing. Mm. Um is very energetic. He's quite small, mobile, picks up the blade and flicks. Very Heinzer like if you like, if you yeah. want if you want to put it that way. Dynamic. Anyway, it was a bit of a surprise to me uh, for that one. Uh our our last uh our last last eight is uh, Hoyle versus Bardnet or Bardnet I should say. Okay. Uh, I have what, to say, Hoyle the American. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So more, uh, more good results from an, uh, an American atheist. Yeah, different, different American. Atheist. Definitely. I mean, another one. I had yeah. no idea who he was. Um, I think he's incredibly lowly ranked. I don't know if he's cracked the one one hundred, let alone, uh, let alone the two hundred. I mean, I'm not sure. Barnett going into this, by the way, is one hundred sixtieth. Right. All right. And he's in the last eight now. So he has been on the French team, but I don't think yeah, he's been yeah. on the French team for a while. Uh, so anyway, cracking result is one of your epi results for people. Something just comes right on the day. So anyway, I was really unfamiliar with Hoyle, so I've, I've I paid close attention to this one. Uh, Hoyle's got this kind of compact stance, very. Uh, I'm not going to say classical, but what you'd expect from a sort of a, a, a orthopedic fencer that kind of moves the moves the tip around a lot, tries to collect the blade and flick that kind of stuff. Okay. Whereas uh, Bardney is, looks like he should be using a French grip, but it's not. He's actually using a, <laughs> right, an, orthop- okay. an orthopedic. Yeah, so he's got a French grip or style without. Yeah, French grip. totally, totally. Right. Uh, so pay close attention. I'm just going to go into this one. Um, there's loads of great movement in this one, and I actually thought I was quite surprised at how this one went. Finish the first period finishes seven three to Hoyle. I thought, oh, an American's going to make it into the semi final. Mm. It go Hoyle manages to make it to eight uh, four before uh, Bardney completely changes his timing. So rather than keeping the distance and sort of classically going in, you know, like I'm going to come in, I'm going to attack a hand and finish chest that yep. kind of stuff. Um, he starts to really press. And really cuts the distance down and pressures Hoyle, and that kind of stops Hoyle's hand time. And at this point, Barden is actually really managing the bout. So in period two, we go from eight four down uh, to finishing nine eight. Oh right, okay, so yeah, that's a, <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah, a good, a good stint. Yeah, so we get into the next period. There's a, there's a, we start off. Uh, I actually laughed, I chuckled a little bit. This one, both offences st- step into t- well, they, they retreat to the back line, Hoyle's back line. Yeah. Uh, Barney steps forward, does a nice little f- a step lunge, so does Hoyle, but Hoyle misses, goes straight over Barney's shoulder. Ouch. Uh, so, uh, it's the score was now actually e- was actually equalized at this point. So, there's the score's been ticking over and it's been fairly aggressive, all that kind of stuff. There's no sign of non combativity, and I was wondering what was going to happen next. I wondered if Barney would just step back and see if he could uh, work it out that way. There's no sign of passive play, though. They just keep going. It's just hit for hit. 11-10, 11-11, 11-12. Uh, and then all of a sudden... Sorry, 11-12. And at this point, Bardney's cracked Hoyle. And he moves from right. this kind of... Uh, he moves back to a sort of very classical style. He starts to do uh, over-unders. Uh, Foyle gets really frustrated, charges in. Uh, Bardney just sticks his hand out. Uh, again, ready fence. Uh, Hoyle yeah. just charges in, sticks his arm out. That's the end of it. 15-11. Good fight, though. That's just why... Sort of spent a lot of time watching it. I didn't quite expect it to finish that way when I was watching it. Uh-huh. Um, so our first semi-final matchup is uh, Divaroli versus uh, Cano. It's it's a good start from him. It's very uh, dynamic and uh, lots of kind of movement. Uh, Divaroli is calm. He's calm self. He just soaks up the soaks up the pressure. Basically, there's one hit. Basically, nothing happening. And I was wondering, are we going to actually see the non-combativity happen? Mm-hmm. Sure enough. Uh, with 56 seconds left in the clock, a yellow card comes out. Right. Uh, and it's for... Do you know what I haven't written this down? It's for Cano, if I remember correctly, for okay. not pushing it, because he was one hit down at that point. Yep. Then it's equalised at 1-0. Devereux scores one more, and we go 2-1 into the break. Hmm. So okay. this is the first time I've actually seen the new rule work uh, come into play. Yeah. So we've got a yellow card that's happened. 
uh, and it's made zero impact <laughs> on the match at all. That first period was dull as dishwater. You know, so I watched it. Um, our second period, I think the yellow card did do one thing though, which is to sort of focus everyone's mind a little bit that this is something that could happen. And it's, it's a cracking period too. Um, not a high scorer, but uh, lots of hits, uh, lots of nice pirate pot. Uh, so just like goes to all in three two, and it's a really lovely pirate pot from Diva Right. So he does this kind of weird. I don't know how to describe it. He sort of uh, kind of comes in, kind of trying to flick on the inside, and he picks him up to nice pirate pot instead. Uh, there's a, an exchange of blades, like a foily exchange of blades at one point, uh, where this counter parry or post with a flick. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I went, oh, little clap. Uh, yeah. I was sitting there watching <laughs> this at lunchtime. Uh, uh, but in, the, in period two finishes 5-4. But there's some really lovely fencing and the, the score is ticked over really nicely. We go into period three. Cano actually uh, equalises the score with a feint to wrist and a flick to foot. Oh, nice. It's, it's a really lovely hit. Yep, uh, like those... Uh, Cano just keeps it nice and calm goes 6-5 up then 7-5 up and I thought ooh what's going to I wonder, I was wondering what was going to happen with Diva Roli here and then Diva Roli scores another hit 6-7 so it's, it's a real match and they're really going for it at this point um, and then uh, Cano just retreats and as Diva Roli steps forward it shows a bit of an experience um, Cano just picks him up so he's 8-6 up at the moment uh, Diva Roli's just really really patient goes 7-8 and then 8-all and at this point, I was sort of wondering uh, exactly how this is going to finish. We're in the we're actually into the last period here, mm-hmm. I should say, yeah. uh, and uh, we get right to the, the score has been eight all for a while now, but they've they've managed to somehow keep this avoid another card coming out. Right. So I don't know if the ref is just not doing it, or whether or, or whether or not it you know it's being reset, whatever way it's being reset. Um, there is no clock telling me exactly what's going yeah. on, so I'm just going. Eh, looks okay to me, so we're just going to stick with it. There's no pressure. It's, Divo is incredibly patient. There's no pressure from Cano, uh, but he cracks and then he just runs forward straight onto Divo Roli's point. And it's 9 8. There's no time left. Uh, and it was just like a. The, the, he tries to come, Cano tries to come back in it. There's a really exchange, good exchange of uh, parries and repost, but nothing comes out of it and it's all finished. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Cano did all the work, got onto the lead. But maybe, because he's quite young as well. He's only, what, 23, yeah, is he? Yeah, I was going to say 22, but yeah. 22, 23, I yep. think. So he's still quite young in epi terms. Steve was even younger. And I think their experience kind of showed a little bit, certainly in the first period. Mm. Uh, they, cr- they cracked a little bit in the second and third one, but kind of just couldn't hold his lead together. Yeah. He didn't have to chase Steve Roy. He should have made Steve Roy chase him, but a little bit of inexperience, I think, crept in there. The uh, second semi-final is Bruyev versus Bardney. Now, I looked this one up. I'm pretty sure Bruyev is number 100 going into this. And Bardney, we already know, is about 160. Yeah. Uh, and I just I just wrote a little note here. I said, I love Epi. <laughs> <laughs> love a bit of randomness. Exactly. We shouldn't have seeds. We should just have everyone's name picked up a hat. That's what we should Yeah, do. why not? That's that's Epi for you. Um, again, this one there's no sign of non-competitivity. I'm not even going to mention it anymore because um, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of fencing going on. Neither one of these guys is going to just sit around and well, Barney's just going to set it up classically, be patient and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Bruyev is far more sort of modern. He's his sort of fencing style. It takes over one nil, two one, two two, all that kind of stuff. Bruyev shows shows a little bit of inexperience again. Tries to flesh, gets picked up Barney, and it's four two. And by the way, this is actually the four two hit to Barney is a beautiful hit. Where um, he faints on uh, on Bria's flesh, he faints the rest and then drops the leg. It's an absolute cracker. Yeah. Um, Barney just keeps working his magic on uh, on Bruyev. He goes uh, six three up, uh, six five. Um, 
I've actually written scores down here as uh, 8-6 to Bruyere, but I think I've written them down the wrong way. It's actually the other way around. I'm sure okay. Barney's winning at this point. Um, and then both fences, there's been a lot of fencing and it has been a lot of calm fencing. And then there's three seconds left on the clock. We get a, uh, Both fences basically go, Matt, we've had enough of that. Can we go to the one minute? Hmm. They stop fencing. They salute each other. The referee immediately uh, says halt. Cards both fencers. <laughs> Here. Tells them to put their mask back on and get some fencing again for three seconds. seconds. For three seconds. Why? So the clock started, both fences bounce on the spot for three seconds and then take their mask off and shake hands. Right? Yeah. So they go off and they have a like it's annoying. Like what was the point in that? Yeah. Okay. The spectators aren't missing anything. We're not missing anything. Why on earth were they made to fence for three minutes? Oh, they didn't fence for three minutes, they just stood there. Three, three seconds. Exactly. Three seconds instead. Three seconds. Three seconds just standing there. So it's just a totally waste, pointless. Waste of everyone's time. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we go basically hit for hit for a while um, in PD2. As again, this is really good active stuff. The score levels out at 10 all at one point, and then Barney uh, starts to bait Bruev a little bit. He presses his arm forward, trying to draw the Russians gather and flick, yeah. uh, and starts to remise off that. Uh, and then it goes 11 10, 12 10, 13 10, and finishes 15 11. Ah, okay. So Barney just gets his range and timing and just doesn't actually. He just makes short work of him after that point in time. He just says the last hit is actually a really, really lovely one. You'd love it. It's a total foil hit. Uh, <laughs> Bruev steps in. Barney makes a very short attack. Bruev gathers it for a flick. And uh, Barney just steps in for the one light. So our final is Divaroli versus uh, Barney. So we've got two fencers here who are, who are inexperienced at senior level in finals. Uh, Divaroli, this is clearly his first ever senior medal let alone a final. Uh, Bardney has medaled once, but not in two or three years. Silver medal in Doha 2016, I think. Oh, okay. Well, I think remembered. that was his last one. <laughs> uh, I, I think I, I, we did check this a while back and pretty certain he's not had any results anywhere near that since then. He's still, he, he's not as young as that. I thought he was younger than this. He's 28. Oh, okay, I thought he was so. maybe 25, 26, but he's 28. So he should be seasoned by now as an FPS anyway. Yeah. So it's about time that he won something. Like. <laughs> um, so we start off again. Uh, again, no sign of non-competitivity in this one. The score just ticks over. It's quite nice. Uh, Divolo pulls out the early lead, goes 2-1 up. The lead then switches to Bardney, goes 3-2 up, and then it's a double. So we finish the first period at 4-3. Uh, There's nothing really to sort of say about this, except that it was actually quite good. There, there is a sort of a weird moment where both fences are trying to hit each other's toes and miss and hit the floor and they both acknowledge it and everyone's happy. There's lots of polite applause from the German crowd. Mm. Uh, but then at one point, um, Barney steps forward and hits Diveroli on the toe. Diveroli immediately, uh, the hits warded and Diveroli immediately starts throwing his hands in the air. So the referee goes and has a look, comes back and says, no, no, it's it's, it's right hit on yeah. the foot. And then bizarrely, this is the most bizarre point, the assessor appears to indicate that it was a hit to the floor after all of that. Oh, okay. Pierce's Might suggest. have mentioned this earlier. Exactly. Pierce's suggest, but kind of shrugs when the referee goes, well, it's my call. I've called it. And it's like, it's it's a, it's a moment of, I don't know, amateurism? It's, it's, yeah. It doesn't look good. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Yeah. Dave Rowley did look a bit angry, but quite calm. Gets, we just get back to it, basically. Uh, PD2 sort of starts with uh, both fences being really calm. Neither really trying to score for the first little bit, but uh, Bardney eventually cracks and tries to attack and it's in a beautiful pyre post from Divaroli. Again, another one where I felt like I could weep. It's, it's so beautiful. <laughs> your, your life has been touched by beautiful fencing. It has been. It is, it's truly a thing of beauty, that particular pyre post, though. It's, the, story, the score gets equaled out, equaled out for all. 
Devo really starts to try to attack for some reason. And again, this is another inexperienced thing. Bardney then just picks him off a couple of times and the Pier 2 finishes 6-4. Um, so Diveroli can't, can't, doesn't seem to be able to read Barney at this point and Barney just refuses to jump on Diveroli's point. Just, I'm not doing that. Hmm. Right. Uh, Pier 3 becomes, uh, the both fences come out of the traps, much more dynamic. Um, they're both trying to get each other to bite and attack each other, but I think they're both kind of aware that the clock's kept ticking down. Yeah. So again, this might be a good thing because they're both, there's a lot of searching, seeking and probing going on. So it actually looks pretty good. Bardney starts to ease up the lead, though. It goes 7-5, then 8-5, then 9-5. At this point, Bardney's uh, sort of disrupting, uh, kind of a foil away. Uh, Diveroli is, 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 is being pushed back down the piste. Mm-hmm. So every time Diveroli steps forward, this point comes forward and starts threatening the hand with the chest. Yeah, uh, And that really is keeping Diveroli under control because I think Diveroli, if there's one thing I would say he lacks at the moment, it's good attacks. Okay, That's what I was. That's the impression I've got now from watching him fence a few times at this tournament. Uh, Bardney goes up 10-5 then it's 11-5 then it's 12-5 it's kind of all over at this point you know you'd think it, so it yeah it's, it's not happening I mean and in fact there's a late rally from uh, Dave Rowley scores a couple of points but really there's not actually much to say other than at 14-7 down uh, sorry the 14th hit from Bardney to go 14-7 up I should say is an absolutely brilliant pyropostato oh yeah again more good stuff oh it's beautiful uh, Dave Rowley comes in low and Barney, oh no, he really tries to pick him off with a flick to wrist. Uh, Barney's having none of it, collects the blade and goes straight down onto the onto the toe. Lovely sort of bind pirate post. Uh, and then uh, and then as uh, Dave really steps in for the last hit, there's uh, a short attack with a remise to finish it off. Cool as you like, takes his mask off and hands it off his hand. <laughs> Job done. Job done. <laughs> Job done. Thanks yeah. very much, young, young man. Yeah. Back to school for you. Yeah, indeed. Uh, clip around the Euros, yeah. Show yeah. me sixpence. There's <laughs> the clip around exactly. the year that you were, you were talking exactly. about earlier, Mr. Mr. Bardney supplying it. Yes, indeed. Uh, so actually, the, I really enjoyed the semi-finals and the final. I thought they were they were really good. Uh, there's only that the sort of the sort of strange moments where I'm not entirely sure what was going on with the rules. It was like the rules weren't being consistently applied for some weird reason. Yeah, like all the refs had kind of switched off for a moment. Yeah. It happens. So let's have a little chat through the uh, the the team. Uh, so catching up on this has been a bit difficult because obviously there's a lot of uh, a lot of teams present at this particular one. It is 37 teams. Uh, so obviously it's a big entrance from the day before. 37 teams, not bad at all. Um, we'll just skip to the last eight, I think, though. Yeah. Um, so our matchups in the last eight, our first matchup is Korea versus Poland. I haven't watched any of these, so I can't really tell if the, the new rules have had a big effect. I'd actually expect more of an impact in teams than in the individual. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Uh, I mean, non-combativity in its previous form had more of a, a negative impact, generally speaking, in, in yeah, team teams. matches than, than in individuals. Uh, so I'm hopeful that, it, that it's worked out well. I can only really comment on what I saw, though. Okay, So um, we'll just go through the scores. Uh, in the last state, we've got Korea versus Poland. Uh, Poland win 37-36. Uh, our second uh, matchup was uh, Hungary versus Switzerland. We've seen this sort of thing before. Um, I think they're about 50-50. Sometimes one wins, yeah. sometimes other ones yeah, win. Yeah, usually close, quite close. Matches, yeah. uh, this is 45-40 to Hungary. Uh, an interesting uh, match of the next one. It's uh, Israel versus Italy. Oh, so obviously we had Harper the, the day before. Yeah, uh, but this time it's a little the the the, the results a bit more definite. It's forty five to twenty seven in Italy's favour. Yeah, that's pretty one sided. Yeah, and then uh, the, our last uh, our last match up in the uh, last eight here is uh, USA versus Russia with Russia another convincing forty four to thirty four. Um, so our, our semi final here. Uh, our matchups are Poland versus Hungary. Poland win 41 to 32. Uh, that's quite a convincing win. 
uh, Hungary, you know, they're, they're machines, basically. They know what they're doing. Uh, not, not Sorry, Hungary won or Poland won there? Oh, did I make that clear? Sorry, Hungary won 41 to 32. Ah, okay. So right. it's a convincing one. Uh, Hungary, you know what they're like. They're like machines. Yes, they know what they're absolutely. doing there. Yeah, sorry, I thought you... Yeah, so you sorry, I didn't make that clear. Sorry about that. Sorry. Ooh, yeah. Uh, the second one is obviously uh, Russia versus Italy. Um, then I haven't watched this, but uh, I've got a feeling it's a close one that I need to go back and watch because the final score is 45-44. Oh. And that suggests to me that it's one I need to go and have a look at. One worth, yeah, one worth tracking down. You know, you know it's epi. You know? mm-hmm. So 45-44, usually a good indicator. Um, I, did, I did actually watch the final of the team, though. And that's obviously Russia versus Hungary. A bit like some of the team matches that we saw in Paris, all the, all the sort of the, the initial rollout for the teams here really didn't go Hungary's way in the sort of the begin the 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 first sort of legs where Hungary just shipped tons of points to the Russians. Oh, okay, and then That's... had to claw it back. Yeah. Um. So the, we got to a pe- we got to a point. I think it's the fourth period where Hungary are looking less and less like they want to be there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the, uh, we'll pick, we'll pick up I'll pick up the action here in period uh, period eight. Now, uh, I'm just saying this because the previous rounds not much is happening. All that's okay. happening is Hungarians are being hit. That's what's happening. The score is twenty nine to twenty one at this point. So while it hasn't gone to score, basically the Hungarians have been having been putting themselves in the line of fire here. Yeah, they've just been managing the score. Uh, so in this leg, it's uh, Bida versus Berta. It's an absolutely cracking matchup because up until this point, it's all been Russia, all of it. But Berta gives it his best go. He literally takes the game to Bida. And I thought he was going to equalise it. But oh, he, really? he, man- oh, wow. he manages to score four hits on the trot before Bida just basically manages the time down and gets it over the line. And as he comes off, it's kind of a, a knees-knocking moment from Bida. He does actually look terrified coming <laughs> off the piece. Like, oh, thank you. got that. Yeah. Berta looked immense. He, he had this... Uh, uh, he, he was really going for it. He knew... Like it's all over. We don't do something here because yeah, nothing, nothing to lose. You have got to get it close. Exactly. Uh, it's Redley that before the Redley's the next up. I've got to do something here, basically. Mm. Um, so it's a cracking, cracking leg. Uh, Bert scores all these lovely hits where he's picking up uh, Bida. You know, like uh, cut overs to wrist, all this kind of stuff. Really lovely. So it finishes four 0 So I had high hopes that the final period would be another thriller. It's Sukov versus Redley. So Sukov kind of aggressive, maybe not the most. Uh, Beautiful offensers, mm-hmm. and then we have got Redley, who's a, a machine essentially. Mm-hmm. So he's machine finest Hungarian engineering. <laughs> uh, Redley comes out the traps. So so it fit, the last leg finished twenty nine to twenty five. Redley comes out the traps, scores two hits immediately, uh, like okay. within like so fifteen seconds. Yeah. Game on. So we're at twenty nine uh, twenty seven, and I thought game is really on. But then Sukov just comes back with another two hits. Yeah, okay. And then after that, it's just hit for hit. It's like what literally hit for hit. Uh, until uh, Redley eventually cracks when the when the Russians are about uh, are ahead thirty three to twenty nine, mm-hmm. and Redley cracks. There's not much time left at this point. Yeah, you, you got to throw a bit of caution to the wind. And yeah, if it yeah. comes off, great. Yeah, you know, if it doesn't, well, you've exactly you were losing anyway. You got to got to give it a try. I can't remember exactly how much time's left, but it's like less than less than thirty seconds. Yeah, so Redley just throws himself at it, loses another two hits, but there's only I don't know. 15 seconds left or something like that and it's the, the six hits down at this point and Redley just goes nah enough's enough yeah. takes his mask off not, and that's the not, end of that not clawing that back yeah so I mean all in all it's it's not a bad final I wouldn't say it was the most exciting but uh, certainly that eighth leg is a bit of a cracker I don't right. think I've ever seen uh, Berta come out of the traps quite like that and go for it and a Russian looking quite so terrified yeah. coming <laughs> off the piste and that was Heidenheim an absolutely massive tournament I have to say, I'm not convinced that the new non-combativity rules have made any change, other than meaning that we have to watch a lot more epi. 
Okay, yes. So no skipping through no skipping periods yeah. of you know do a minute of non combativity and get rid of that period and on to the next one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I feel a bit more positive than I did mm. because doesn't sound terrible. Well, there's more fencing, and because both fencers actually have to have to manage where they are. Uh, in terms of the penalties that are getting l- uh, levelled against them, it is kind of forcing the defence. But you are seeing a break and then fencing, and then a break and then fencing. Okay. And I don't know if that will just become more and more pronounced. People get used to how long a minute is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you can judge that more and more carefully with exactly. the practice. Um, my experience of watching the guys down at our club uh, train is that if they are practicing that minute, they do not fence for forty-five seconds, and then they fence for fifteen seconds. Hmm. That is literally what they do. Okay. Now I don't know if it's a special case at our club, but I would say that in the past, our club the, the sort of the, the house style and in inverted commas would be attack, attack, attack. Yeah. Fencing all the time. Don't really want to be hanging around. Now much more conservative about the time, much more game management going on than there was. Yeah. So I suspect that's where this is still gonna go. But certainly Heidenheim from what I saw it's okay. Not too bad. It's okay. Well, so great great fencing. So Yeah. And a ton of surprises in terms of yeah, it's epi. Yeah, <laughs> no, but even more than usual. Yeah, totally, totally. I was like, nobody made it out of sixty-four, just about. Yeah, <laughs> you were lucky. And at the thirty-two, they, they were they were in for the last gasp, holding on with the fingernails. But mm. things. I'd like to know how Lamarda did, and maybe I don't know some of the Ukrainians, maybe because I'm wondering how they ma- managing their their games. You know, if they were much more considered the, the way they built up their attacks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, you could spend a lot of time watching every bit of footage from. Last sixty four onwards, mm-hmm. all the team matches to get a more complete picture of what it's what it's looking like under yeah. the new rules. But um, we'll see in the next one. I think. To be honest, life's too short, so <laughs> we've we've not done that for this one. But uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see some mm-hmm. uh, trends emerging under yep. these uh, under the new non combativity rules. Heidenheim, Heidenheim, thumbs up for me. There we go. Okay, a good. thumbs up. I have been thumbs down on some epi ma- epi tournaments you recently, have, yeah. but thumbs yep. up for, for Heidenheim. Heidenheim gets the gets the nod. Good mm-hmm. on to. Ketovic in Poland um, for a bit of women's foil. Early departures, Eleanor Harvey of Canada, Camilla Mancini of Italy, uh, Nicole Ross and Zinga Prescott, both of USA, out in the 64. Uh, World champion Lisa Foppe out in the last 32, lost to uh, Yuka Ueno of Japan. Oh, really? Won the World Cadets and Juniors last season. Uh, 15-14. I've not tracked that down yet to watch it, but you know, a big scalp for... Yeah, for the young Japanese fencer. You went as a good fencer as well. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. we were very impressed with her mm-hmm. uh, last season at the Cadet Junior Worlds. Out in the 16, uh, Ines Bubakri, Zora Tibus, uh, Tripapina, uh, Batini, and Di Francisca. So the returning <laughs> Mamatletas both going out in the last 16 this mm-hmm. time around. Um, to be fair, Batini went out to Ariana Rigo. Oh, right. And. Uh, De Francisco went out to Derek Lazova. Okay. So it's not like they went out to, to some... Randoms. Randoms, not yeah. exactly. Um, uh, I but, didn't watch the, the Bettini-Arigo match, but I did watch the De Francisco derek Lazova mm-hmm. one. De Francisco was right in. It was, a, I think, 13-10 in the end. I mean, quite... Cage is not quite fair. It wasn't high scoring. And two very experienced mm-hmm. fencers trying to work each other out. And, yeah. Uh, Derek Lazova just um, getting the nod towards the the end. Found her range and her, her attacks a bit a bit better, and right. found a way to, to close things out on um, De Francisca's side. So a, a good battle there. So our quarter final lineup then: Derek Lazova against Anastasia Ivanova. 
Russian teammate, which uh, Dero Gazova won very comfortably 15-4. Ariana Rigo put out uh, Larissa Korobainikova. See, I've been practicing my Russian names. Fifteen <laughs> uh, ten. 15-10. Uh-huh. Uh, for uh, aged out uh, Francesca Palumbo of Italy, 14-13. Uh, in the last of the quarterfinals, uh, Leonie Ebert of Germany uh, beat Pauline Ronvier of France, 15-14. And um, Ebert was miles down. She was like 13-7 down in that match. Mm-hmm. And uh, scrapped her way back to <clears throat> snatch... Snatch victory from the Jaws of defeat against uh, Pauline Ronvier, who looked largely in control of things for right. the vast majority of it and just couldn't get over the line. Oh, well. Yeah, but disappointing for her, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. So, semi-final one, Derek Lozova against uh, Ariana Rigo. This was a weird-looking match, to be honest, because it didn't look like <clears throat> the Arigo that we're used to seeing really cautious. Uh-huh. If you think about Arigo fencing, usually free-flowing, aggressive... Charging down the piece and hitting yeah. their opponent. Really, none of, no, none of that. None of that. Um, trying to draw Derek Lozova out. And it kind of worked to some degree. Uh, Derek Lozova 6-5 up at the first break. But it, it was a you know such a sort of inhibited performance mm-hmm. from Rigo. It was actually it was actually kind of disheartening because uh, I, I love watching Ariana Rigo in full flow. It's yeah. uh, it's an immense sight. And this kind of cautious, timid, sort of restrained approach while she's had some you know some terrible beatings of Derek Lozova mm. recently perhaps make yeah you, know, you can understand her reticence to to let it go with the attacks this was such a a cautious thing it just it just didn't look right yeah. it looked like a yeah kind of kind of offensive who used to be great who's kind of almost forgotten what it's what it's like to be that hmm. that dominant so what do you think is that like a psychology thing do you think maybe? Maybe I mean maybe it is just a you know a, a tactical awareness that her her attacking style is not working against Derek Lozova and she needs to go for something different. You know, it's like sometimes you come across fences who are your kryptonite. I mean, I always really say that, but I mean Derek Lozova is a, a bit better than that. She beat yes. everybody. Yeah, but you know what I mean. There's, sometimes you just you come across a fence that you, you you know that you should be able to find a way through, but you just can't. Mm. You know, especially I mean, the semi. This is a semi final anyway, so it's not like she hasn't. She's not going to get any points from this or something like no, that. No, no. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a decent result, considering uh, how patchy our form yeah. has been over the last last few while. You know, regular departures in the last sixty four, which you wouldn't even considered. Yeah, uh, a couple of years ago. But uh, Derek Lozova scores four in a row from seven all to go eleven seven up, and again, it's uh, it's a. Uh, a match-defining run of hits, um, hit with a hit with a variety of things as well. Um, it wasn't just wasn't just her defensive work, hit with stop hits, hit with power yeah, yeah. pause, hit with the attack, finding a way through. And um, Derek Lozova is then you know controlling the fight at this point and uh, sees it out pretty comfortably for a for a fifteen ten win. Right. Which um, I mean, I like Derek Lozova's fencing. It's uh, it's very smart. She finds a way to yeah. to break the opponent down. You never warm about it. I, I just I can't I don't know why right. I don't okay. know why I'm sure she's lovely but yeah I want I want to see um, uh, a rampaging Ariana Arigo stomping all over the opposition and it's and it's not happening at the moment. What about uh, if it was and Cindy? I missed that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so on to the second semi final, uh, Leon Ebert against Lee Kiefer, and Ebert gets out to an absolute flyer at the start. It goes six nothing up in about a minute, 
and Kiefer's timing just just seems a bit off. She can't, you know, she's mistiming when she makes her attacks, or you know, so they end up being not her attacks yeah. at all. But you know, she sets off thinking that's the right thing to do, and it's not working. She changes things a bit, you know, tries to make things a bit more disruptive and and disjointed because mm-hmm. the um, a sort of conventional moving up and down and you know gaining yeah. dominance by sort of overtaking your opponent's not working for her, uh, and she gets it back to nine five. And again, there's a a single hit where where it feels like it's a a clincher where uh, Ebert scores with a with a point in line to go ten five up, right? Uh, and again, it just it just gave that feeling that Kiefer's feel for the timing wasn't quite on. She she launched herself onto it with genuine enthusiasm. Oh no, uh, and uh, and clearly clearly Ebert's hit. So ten six at the first break. Kiefer tries upping the pace again to to change things around a little bit to to break down. Ebert sort of fairly dominant fencing at this point, but Ebert for quite young fencing. I think she might still be a junior. She's either she's either still a junior or first first year out anyway. Right. Um, but still still young. But she keeps a pretty cool head, and despite not really looking quite quite on it for most of the match, um, Lee Kiefer manages to close the gap to till twelve eleven at one point, and you think, well, you know, she can smell blood here. Yeah, <laughs> been here before. Got a fairly fairly young opponent, but Ebert actually finishes off pretty calmly. A, a stop hit and, and a really cool parry post to finish it off for mm. a for a fifteen twelve win, and a well deserved it was too. Um, mm. Perhaps could have been more comfortable, and if it wasn't for a slightly off form Leaky for just finding a way to to keep herself in it, it really could have been a, an even more a more dominant win because uh, Leonie Ebert looked the looked the real deal. Right, okay, in that, cool. In that win. Mm-hmm. On to the final, again, a quick start from Ebert. goes 4 nothing up with four parry reposts. Oh, wow. Yep. Same thing over and over. Um, slight variations, but yeah, uh, happy to happy to move back, stop Derek Lozova's attack from mm-hmm. hitting, and then when Derek Lozova really launches herself into it to try and make the, make the attack land, Ebert hits with a repost. So Derek Lozova didn't score her first hit uh, with an attack until... Two minutes and forty-eight seconds into the fight, really? Yep. Yeah. So she'll not be happy with that. Well, no, possibly not. But in the second period, a lot of lot of false attacks from both sides. So I think Derek Lozova had spotted that she's not going to find her way through the the Ebert defence easily, and perhaps has to look for other ways. So um, she scores a scores a hit right at the start of the second period, where she makes a false attack. Let's. Uh, Ebert parry it and then hits with the remise dives in mm-hmm. there, so it creates a bit of doubt um, in in Ebert's mind about you know can you just take the parry and and stop you know yeah. is it enough to just hold off the attack? Well, yeah, because so, you have to you have to put your opponent under pressure. You have to let them know that you're there because if you don't, they're not going to do what you want them to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that that was a hit that um, kind of put a bit of a bit of doubt in Ebert's mm-hmm. mind uh, and forced her to. Kind of reconsider tactics a little bit. I remember the Derek Lozova then went on a bit of a a bit of a run for mm. some success, um, hitting with a variety of things, um, and goes uh, and goes six four up. So it's right. a run of a run of five hits um, after the break. Ebert doesn't panic though; hangs in there, levels at, at uh, six apiece. And we go into the second break, and then Derek Lozova starts to edge ahead. Goes eight seven up, nine seven, ten seven. Just over a minute left at that point. And 
yeah, but suddenly having to to chase the fight, and that's mm-hmm. that's hard going against uh, yeah. against you know Derrickles over. So it sounds like the Pyra Post game was the one that would be working better for you. Um, yes, but I mean, Eber hit with a few attacks of her own as well. Um, while the Pyra Post were what produced the hits for in the in the first period, mm-hmm. she's actually got a pretty well rounded game. There's you know, okay. she's, no, she's no sort of one trick pony about her fencing. So again, for a young fencer, she's she's had some pretty decent results. Yeah. Uh, recently, and uh, she looked like she had the game that could cause Derek Lazova real problems. Mm-hmm. As I say, that that remise at the beginning of the second period was maybe a bit of a game changer, which uh, right, okay, suddenly put a bit of doubt in in Abert's mind where it hadn't really existed before. Which again, it's, it's more smart fencing from from Derek Lazova, mm-hmm. um, and eventually she, you know, she's in control of things and and runs out with a a thirteen nine win. It was a you know a thoroughly sort of professional, yeah. Breaking down of a yeah. of an opponent. It, I mean, it's what she does to pretty much everyone. I mean, yeah. That's why she's so good. That's why she wins so yes. much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, if you you you're phoning up on her, you just know that the cogs are turning in the head. She's, yeah. that she's reading you, reading, 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 reading until until she gets an idea of what to do next. Yeah, until she finds finds the key. Yeah, Don't test this. Oh, that's not quite worked. Mm, yeah, what next? Ah, this. Ah, now, now we have it. And then the rest of the game unfolds and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and another Daryl Gazova win. Okay. I'm pleased for her. Very good. <laughs> um, team action, semi-finals, two really close semi-finals. Um, I've not watched a whole load of this, um, so I'm just going to give the scores. Uh, France beat Italy 45-44. Right. Uh, and USA beat Russia 45-43. Uh, did have a look at the score in a bit more depth. Final leg, USA against Russia. Uh, Lee Kiefer beat uh, Daryl Gazova 8-3. Take the win. <laughs> right, Okay. So Derek Zilva not being allowed to have things entirely their own way. Uh, and that continued with uh, Italy beating Russia for third place mm-hmm. uh, with a 45-38 All right. win. And in the final, uh, France uh, beat USA very comfortably in the end, 45-26. Um, slightly unfamiliar looking USA team. No Nsinga Prescott... Is this part of the Americans' unsentimentality? Because I think Prescott's been having very many good results recently. I'm not. I'm not sure what it was. I'm not. I'm, yeah. I don't think she. Would, I don't know. Maybe an injury. Who knows? Mm. Um, I mean, that was a you know, USA team won won the world championships just a, That's true. Just six months ago. Was she in the team? Then? Was she in the team then? Prescott? Yes. Oh, she was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but the star of the star of the show, certainly in terms of the score, seems to be um, Anita Blaze for France, uh, a relatively. New it's a arrival name, in the French team. It is it's <laughs> such brilliant. a great name. Brilliant name. Uh, her indicator in the final was plus twelve. So Blazing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's the first two World Cups of the mm-hmm. of the season that France have, have won. Which is good. So it's good to are, see the the signs of uh, growth in the in their team as well. Yeah, and despite despite finishing second, USA for the first time ever go top of the women's foil team rankings. Is that right? Yep. It is indeed. They're actually level on points with uh, with Russia. Did they not win all their World Cups five years ago or something like that? They must not have been... foil. Nope. Really? Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Right, okay. So yeah, level on points with Russia. I'm not sure what it is they, they use to to split teams that are, are level on the same number of points, but... Uh... It's a coin toss of everything else, so... <laughs> but no, USA, number one in the world in, in women's foil teams. Well, so, congratulations. Um, so well done them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was... That was Katowice in Poland. Now, we would really quite like to talk about the women's epi from... Havana. Havana. I'm sure it was lovely. Yep, sure it was great. Do love Cuba. 
love keeping fencing. Mm-hmm. Not good for a live stream, though. No, not uh, at all. So, should we say anything? Uh, Chelsea yeah. won. Uh, well, let's have a look at some of the because it's epi, right? And usually it's a carve up in the sixty four and stuff like that. Um, I've had a look for uh, Brands actually. I don't think she was there because I can't find her in the entrance list. But uh, let's have a look at some early levers. Uh, in the sixty four, we have uh, Julia Rizzi uh, of Italy, uh, Lee of uh, Korea, uh, Caroline Vitalis of France, and uh, Lehis of Estonia. In the 16, uh, some of our early leavers there, we've got Song of Korea, uh, Sun of China, uh, All the Hurleys. <laughs> all uh, the Hurleys. All, all 27 of them. All 27 of them. Uh-huh. And also Holmes. And that, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not, not 16, the 32. Apologies. Uh, Candace Sammy went out also in the 32 as well. Uh, out in the 16, we've got uh, Kravitska, Choi, uh, Lawrence Epi, uh, and uh, Sarah Bezbes. They all went out in the 16 as well. Right. Okay. So that's going to leave our last eight matchups as... Obviously, we're just going to talk through the scores because we haven't actually seen any of this. Yeah. Our first matchup is uh, Nicole... Uh, I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce this, but it's in Italian name, Foyeta, uh, against uh, Mara Navaria. And it's uh, Foyeta that takes this one, 15-9. Okay. So I've never heard of uh, Nicole Foyeta. I assume she's young and... Uh, she's never heard of you either. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure she's young though. Um, but anyway, I would have expected, obviously, uh, Mara to take that one. Hmm. Uh, our second matchup was uh, is uh, Kong of Hong Kong versus Kolobova of Russia. Uh, seems to be an absolute pace thing. I'd love to tell you more about this one, <laughs> but it, uh, with Kong taking it fifteen six. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's a absolute pace thing. Yep. Uh, our third matchup is uh, Kang of Korea versus Zola of Italy. Uh, I'm I'm not sure about this one. Nine eight to Kang. Mm, hard to be sure without well, seeing it. Yep. I just saw some uh, matches that didn't go at the time under the new rules in Heidenheim and they were perfectly acceptable. Yeah. So it could be one of those, who knows? Uh and then our final matchup is uh is, is two uh, two people from the French team. It's uh Oriane Malo, which is quite good for her, against uh Jacques of uh, France. Not a name I'm familiar with at all. Nope, afraid not. So um uh, Malo takes that one, uh, 12 eleven. So our first semi-final, uh, Foyeta versus Kong. Uh, Kong, uh, another convincing win for Kong, 15-7. Cool. No, I approve. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I approve of uh, Vivian Kong uh, going far in competition. She's quite an exciting fencer. And, uh, yeah, we like we, that. We approve. We approve of that. We want to encourage more of that. I think it's Kang not the uh, in, in Korea... Oh, sorry, the next one is Kang versus Malo. Is Kang not also the interesting one? The Korean women's epi team. Yes, I think she is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Malo wins this one, 15-9. Ah, okay. Okay, so our final is between uh, Vivian Kong and Orion Malo, and the final score is 15-8. Four. Oh, sorry, Kong. <laughs> worth. Kong of Hong Kong. Worth explaining. Yeah, yeah so uh, a good win. Good I'm, win not sure, I'm not sure whether that's a first win or not. But... Uh, I'm just trying to think. She's podiumed a couple of times, yeah. but I'm not sure she's won anything. Been pretty close, certainly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she, that's a good result for her. Mm, absolutely. Um, there's lo- a, probably love to have seen that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's in the World Cup, so there's a, there's a team one as well. Uh, can't tell you very much about this. We'll go straight to the semi-finals. Uh, our first semi-final was Estonia versus China. So it's a little bit of a one-sided affair, I feel, uh, with Estonia winning 45-23. to 23. Oh, Wow. Now, that strikes me as the kind of result where non-combativity would be a definite possibility in, yes. under the previous rules. Yes. And I'd, I wonder if that's a 
a heavily skewed result because of the new non-combativity yeah. rules. I, I mean, be, we'd have to go and have a look at the be results. be interesting to, yeah. to know. I'd have to go and dig into the stats for that one, I think. Yeah. Uh, off the top of my head, no idea. All I, know, all I can tell you is it's a severe win for Estonia. <laughs> severe win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our second semi-final is uh, Poland versus Russia. Uh, with Poland edging this one out 44-43, which I'm sure would be interesting to have a look at. Now, Poland had, had a good run in the men's epic Heidenheim as well. It so did. this seems yeah. to be a bit of a an upsurge in Polish epi fortunes, both on the yeah, men's well, and the, women's side. The Poles, uh, the Poles have had good fences in the past. Absolutely, yeah. Um, no, no superstars recently, I wouldn't say. And no. their team performances have been... Uh, fair to middling, I think, is the yeah. best way looking at it. I mean, they've had more success in women's epi than they have in the men's. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple of oh no, what's her name again? Been a couple of good uh, Polish women's episodes over the last few years, but the team's not been anything. I don't remember. I'm, I'm, I can't think of them. I might be wrong on this, but I don't remember them really threatening anything. So I'd, I'd say this is a good result for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so our final here is Estonia versus Poland, and the final score there is thirty-four to thirty-three. Okay, so could be brilliant. Could be a nail biter. No could idea. be all action stuff. Yeah. I mean, other things to note here. I mean, I haven't really dug back into the results. Uh, it's less interesting we don't get to watch it. Yeah. But uh, Italy uh, finished... Uh, sorry, I meant to say USA finished sixth because obviously they had that great run right at yeah, the end. Yeah. And I was wondering where they finished. Uh, I need to go... I haven't actually checked. I would need to go back and double check where they finished. But uh, they finished below Italy who finished fifth. Right. So, you look, so you're looking at here, it's Estonia number one in Poland, Russia, China, Italy, USA and Korea. Uh, France finished ninth in that one, below Hungary. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting stuff, but yeah, without without actually seeing it, without to... the videos, yeah. yeah. So it's all guesswork, and we're just largely reporting the scores yeah, and so speculating wildly. Let's get on with our lives. Yep. Okay, so that wraps up all the action from last weekend. Yep. Uh, had a weekend off senior stuff this weekend. Loads of junior action. Mm-hmm. Back to it with those more senior World Cups this coming weekend. Brings us to our usual serious business of trying to pick the coolest fencer on the planet. Kind of a tricky one. Um, yeah, it is actually. Shall we make a a few nominations? Now we're not going to nominate anybody from the the women's EP in Havana since we couldn't see anything of no, it. No, uh, and it'd be so totally we, speculative. Yeah, yeah. If we could have seen it, I, I might well have been tempted to to nominate Vivian Kong. Mm-hmm. I agree, actually. But um, since we couldn't. Who knows? We we can't yeah. we can't do it. So go for well let, let's let's go for the the Some set of so, set of nominations. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to nominate Timur Arslanov of the Russian men's foil team. Ah, yeah, that's a good one because he was tremendous. He really was. Well, when Absolutely. we saw him, it looked like he was carrying the team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and dra- dragging Russia back to winning yeah. ways in yeah. the team, which is. Uh, Good effort from him. It certainly is, yeah. yeah. I mean, as I say, he looked absolutely immense mm-hmm. in, the, in the team event. I see Fukuni retaining his his title in Paris. Mm-hmm. It's properly impressive. Um, Anybody else uh, won it back to back recently? Uh, Reese and Bowden won it in twenty fifteen. Oh, yeah, twenty sixteen. Doesn't make it quite so exciting. Yeah, no. okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Pipped yeah. by Reese. There we go. Yeah. Sorry, Alessio. Um, yeah. French women's four team with their back to back World yeah. Cup nicely done wins. Um, more good stuff from them, mm-hmm. uh, which we we like to see to break up the sure. Russian Italian mm-hmm. uh, monopoly. But equally, you could see USA uh, women's foil team going to one number one in the world. So, I mean, four four genuinely contending teams there now, which uh, 
We'll have to see how the season shakes out, though. Yeah, yeah. But that's uh, yeah, lots of lots of potential excitement in women's mm-hmm. four teams over the over the season. Yep. And uh, with Olympic qualifying starting soon, mm-hmm. that yeah, that could be a real a real interesting one to to watch develop. Yeah, indeed. Uh, in the FAB, I think we should throw in the uh, Bardney. Well, he wins. He's he's finally won something. It's been a while for him. In fact, he's never won anything before. Oh, okay. Right. He's never actually anything, won anything. No, he's not even a raffle. No, no. He was world junior champion in, uh, what is he now, 28? So it was a, it was his last year in junior. So that'd be, what, five years ago? So no, is that right? That. If he's 28, yeah, it's going to be at least eight years ago. All right, yeah. Because <laughs> that's how it works. 2010. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but he was world junior champion at one point. So he has okay. won something before. Good, but it's been a while. It has been a while. Okay. So good on him. And nothing at senior level. Uh, no, the odd last eight here and there, yeah. but nothing, nothing. One or two results a season tops. Okay, um, and then obviously is uh, uh, David Di Veroli, uh, cheeky upstart from Italy, hmm. which is quite a good shout there. Well, yeah, because um, he's only what? What do you say? Eighteen, seventeen, seventeen. He's still seventeen, unless his birthday was eighteen this week and last week. It's seventeen. <laughs> In which case, happy birthday. Yeah, but we suspect that's not the case. Yeah. So, yeah. Second out of Senior World Cup. Yeah, so, it's not too bad. Is, An epi. Not too very shabby. impressive. He was also uh, world number one in the juniors last year. Mm. And also, was he not number one in the cadets? Pretty sure he won the cadets. Was that the same year? Pass. I remember there being an astonishing result from him last year. But anyway, I'm just, um, I can't remember from my head. He's certainly been number one in the cadets anyway at some yes. point. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So who are we going from? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm almost because I'm old and grumpy. I'm almost. I'm also kind of tempted just to cross David off just because ugh, young kids. <laughs> he kids. probably smells. He's a teenager. Kids, eh? Yeah. yeah. No social skills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't know the place. Need to get more. Exactly. No, um, I'm sure a large Estonian will be around the corner soon to to beat him over the to head. To sort him out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you could be right. Yeah. You could be right. It happens to a lot of young EPS. Certainly. Yeah. So what are we thinking? Oh, I don't know. I'm quite tempted by uh, Tamura actually, because most because I'm sitting there watching, being astonished as he as he drags his Russian team out of mediocrity. Yeah, that's what it felt like watching him. It was like, come on, guys, time for, time to score points. Stop standing around. Yeah, I've been standing around quietly in the in the Russian team for the last couple of seasons <laughs> yeah. and um, not been doing very much to you know mm-hmm. hugely ingratiate myself. But mm-hmm. now's the time. You guys yeah. are. Clearly in need of a, a good kick up the backside, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to go and give a, a right good cuffing to various world class fencers on the other end, yeah. and I want you to follow me. Yeah, exactly. Although to be fair, Cherry Mizanov did look at his grumpy best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a hard one actually. I, I kind of want to cr- rule it for Kone because uh, I'm, I'm sure we've given him coolest fencer before, basically. Uh, yeah, we have. Uh, we gave him coolest fencer of mm-hmm. the season last season. Oh, we can't be. Can't, he can't be in now. Then that's too soon. Okay, so despite back-to-back wins in Paris, yep. No, nah, that's him. That's out. right. Yeah, okay. That's right. <laughs> Gosh, we are so fickle. Okay. Uh-huh. French women football team, I think, is also a good shout. It is a good shout, but again, in, because there's so much happening in women's four, you could equally go for the USA team going to number one in the world, mm. which would be equally commendable. I do want to sort it out then. I'm. I'm going to. Devolve responsibility here, Gav, and you get to choose. I get to that choose. Har- that hardly ever happens, so make the most of it. Uh, choose wisely. Uh, I can't. I'm, I'm stuck between uh, Tamura Arslanov. You've got 10 seconds. And 
I have to say Diva Roli. I'm going to go for Timur. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it around because we have been a bit harsh to the Russians occasionally, and really? it'd be nice. Have we? We've not been harsh. Right? Oh, I think we have been. We, well, we did say we're ordinary. Um, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> just pretty harsh. Uh, yeah. But because I was just genuinely amazed watching him score all those amazing hits in Paris, I want to give it to Arsenal because I actually got to see him do it in the in the flesh. Yeah, and it was actually great fun uh, with his weird timing and his ability to hit his opponents under the arm from all kinds of weird positions. Basically, yeah. uh, was amazing. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. As, okay. uh, Timur Arsenov goes from... Most ordinary fencer on the planet. Uh, yeah, relative <laughs> anonymity to being uh, a team superstar for Russia and yeah. our, our coolest fencer on the uh, planet. Yes, and our top tip from uh, Paris as well. Yeah, so congratulations, Timur, if you're, if you're listening. Uh, we approve. I'm sure he's delighted. Yep. I'm sure he's delighted. So I think that pretty much wraps it up. Indeed. As I say, there's a ton of World Cup action happening again this weekend and it just seems to be absolutely relentless this uh, uh, the way this new calendar works long yeah. periods of nothing much happening and then it's a flurry of action yeah. for weekend Indeed. after weekend so um, we'll be back again before too long I would think yeah I think it will be very long at all in fact yep yeah. so it's a good night for me yeah it is <laughs> bye <laughs> Thank you.